You are listening to Friends Next Door. Door. Okay. Three, two, one. Door. 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 No, no, no. Three, two, one. Door. Door. Hey, guys. What's up, everybody? This is Mia. This is Dan. This is Thomas. What are we talking about today, guys? We have a very exciting and interesting topic because I think we're going to provide, try to provide sort of a different angle on this age old topic, which is parenting, namely parenting styles. And it's no mystery that the three of us have Chinese parents because we're Chinese or of Chinese descent who grew up in a different Asian country. <laughs> uh, but we all AKA have Chinese. Indonesia. AKA Indonesia. <laughs> Thanks, Mia. But we all have Asian parents. And I think it's 2020 now. And I think things are changing a lot, especially for Asian Americans uh, that are growing, that have grown up in America, uh, that have, or like us, who immigrated here uh, or born here, and now we're in our 30s. So we have a lot to say about this. And I think the narrative has sort of changed, at least um, for me it has, seeing how back in, I would say, 2008 to 2012, you would see a lot of uh, videos and content about a, like Asian parents, kind of like the stereotype, right? And that was really hot during that time. But now eight years later, I feel like um, I'm seeing a lot of things where kids of Asian descent are saying like, uh, my parents kind of messed me up a little bit because I'm introverted or I'm awkward and this and that. Um, and I'm seeing a lot of more negative things as well. Not to say that they can't you know, express themselves, but you know, we want to talk about it because I think there's no right answer there's no one answer. There's no one solution. But I think this is a great topic because one of the things is if there was just more communication when we were growing up, I think some of this, um, these hard feelings that we might have, or I don't know about you guys, but we'll find out, might not be there. You know, we are at a point in our lives where we are in our 30s. Uh, you know, some of our friends have become parents. And so I think we've sort of turned into our parents a little bit, or at least we are able to see where they're coming from a little bit. Um, and also, like you said earlier, Asian parents have been getting some bad reps with like, you know, their kids, like complaining about their parenting styles. And I think we want to be their advocate a little bit here and then bridge the gap. Uh, so anyway, I guess... To start things off, um, do we want to just go around and then talk about uh, what kind of circumstances did, did we grow up in? I think you have to. I think that's one of the things is why I get a little frustrated when I see a blanket statement like Asian parents are this, Asian parents are that. We've all heard of Tiger Mom, you know, Eagle, Tiger Mom, Eagle Dad, whatever those terms are. And Wait, I've like, never heard Eagle Dad. I think Me I made either. that up. I made that. I was just, <laughs> wait, hold on a sec. I've heard of, what's the equivalent of a tiger mom in a dad? I think lion I just, dad? Lion Dad? I totally uh, made that up. <laughs> yeah, I don't, Why I don't, isn't the dad I don't think an animal? A, I don't think there's a dad equivalent. I, the tiger mom came from, um, it was like around 2011 from the Amy yeah. something. Yeah, uh, that yep, lady who wrote the book. The, the yep. Yale lady who wrote the book, yeah. Yeah. But I, I think it is important to kind of frame frame everybody's situation because, you know, for me, like I'm I'm an I'm a child of an immigrant parent. But here's here's the difference. Right. They left me first to come what? to America. Yeah. Oh, OK. <laughs> so because I'm a little bit old, older than Thomas, uh, we're not going to reveal your age, Mia, because you're a woman. 
<laughs> just kidding. But, what are uh, you trying so to say, Dan? I'm saying you don't. You don't want. You would have not. Man, so, Dan has made multiple jabs at your age over over every all the episodes. Freaking yeah. episode. No, I love it because uh, I'm here for that. Though. I'm here for that. Young at heart. So they. So my parents came to America first, and they left me in China to be raised by my grandparents for the first six years of my life. So when I when I came to America, I. I kind of was like, my parents were foreign to me because they were never, I had like two memories with them. So it was like relearning that these are my parents. And I think they also were like, okay, like, what can we do here? Like, can we, can we, can we like tell them what to do? What can, <laughs> can we, we do with this overly hyper little kid? <laughs> yeah, I was super hyper and, you know, they, I was very, I was fiercely independent as a child. Probably Already? because- Even yeah, when you're only six oh, years old? I was- Dude, because my grandparents were letting me run around. And oh, this wow. was like 80s in China. It was not very safe, I would say. But they let me just do whatever the heck I wanted. Um, and anyway, so I came here and it was a little different because my parents are both artists. And the most important thing for them was not money, but was freedom. And especially freedom of thought mm. and freedom of expression. So, so can you imagine that is that think about how that shaped the way they raised me right so they they were like don't be you don't have to be a doctor you don't have to be an engineer or a scientist you could be whatever you want seek the truth that is seek, like <laughs> the furthest that, you can get from a typical asian american experience with mm -hmm. overbearing so asian parents they would mm -hmm. they would i almost liken them no joke to be Asian hippies almost because they, because they no they, they didn't do any drugs. They didn't do any psychedelic drugs. Uh, my dad was a heavy drinker. My mom never drank in her life. But what I, what I mean is they were so into their art and, and art for my mom and literature for my dad, they would leave me at, as a child by myself at the age of six. And they would just go off to their artist parties in, in Berkeley, California. And oh that was God. like, that was like the forefront, by the way, of like a lot of um, sort of like, I don't know, like new age, you know, like all these Asian artists coming over from China and, and entrenching themselves in the culture. So they were like, Oh, whoa, were I didn't like, know that. Yeah. They were, they were like at the, for, you know, their friends were all these poets and writers and they would just be like, they didn't even get a babysitter. They would just leave me at home. So they really raised me. I would say even more extreme than the mo than think of like a you know a western a kid that was raised in America where their where their parents you know were a lot more open and probably um, very close to them you would say they were they kind of went the opposite they were just like we're gonna do whatever we want uh, y you're you're doing okay by yourself and and so they raised they kind of let me do whatever I want. So essentially, you were left to fend for yourself but from a very of, young age. Yeah. And the thing is, because I also showed that I wanted that independence. So I would be the one to say, I want to learn piano. Like my parents did not make me learn piano. I said to them, I want to learn piano. They were like, really? I was like, yeah. So they got me a piano. Um, so here's where I think. So I'll, gi I'll give the first example. Here's where I think they could have been a little more quote unquote Asian. Like they really didn't make me practice the piano. 
<laughs> I'm like, right. Normally the, the parents would be like, you, you better, you better practice like one or two hours a day. You know, we spend, they would guilt trip you, right? Like a lot of my Asian friends, I don't know about you, Mia. I know you play the piano. They'd be like, we bought this for you. <laughs> you know, you better, you better don't waste our money. And yeah, you know, I just, that's a nice piano. I practiced whenever I wanted. They, they paid for my lessons. You know, I really liked it. So I, I think one of the things, I mean, off the bat, I'm like, you know, I kind of wish they were a little more strict in my sense where they, j they didn't just let me hop from hobby to hobby. And they were really like, listen, we're going to, we're going to let you do whatever you wanted, but we're going to invest in it. But we're going to teach you that this, you have to dedicate some time to it if you want to get better at it. That just sounds like a super mature advice for, you know, I'm like, in my head, you're a six-year-old little kid and they get you a piano and they're like, here, you need to put in the time into actually practicing. And like yeah. they, they, the way they did it to you is like, you know, it's like you're, they're talking to an adult almost. Yeah. But then I was <laughs> a child. So I, it yeah. was like a mix. So it's like, I couldn't be an adult about it. Yeah, you know, so, so of course, like, you know, I practiced whenever I wanted to and then whenever I didn't. So it was, it, it, you know, eventually I gave it up and, you know, I kind of wish I didn't give it up. I wish that I kept playing piano until now. I'd be so much, my goodness, like I'd be, I, I would just be completely so speechless if I could still play at the, at, you know, in a high level. Yeah. I really love it. And now I can't because I'm 36 almost 37 <laughs> and I completely forgot, you know, all my, all my finger dexterity and all that stuff. So anyways, what about you guys? Like what kind of style overall was your parents when you were raised being raised? Okay. So speaking about piano lessons. Um, so I, I told you guys this before, but basically my parents were also pretty relaxed. Um, they're not super strict. Um, actually, let me take that back. My <laughs> dad is, pretty relaxed he just let us do whatever we want uh, my my mom is the strict parent um, and then I had your you know typical Asian childhood experience where basically I had a lot of like after school programs that I had to go to um, I had to learn the piano uh, I took it up basically when I was five years old um, and then they made us go through all these like lessons right um, but at the same time, they also let us have our freedom. So basically, when I was in elementary school, um, after every day after school, we would just, you know, go home, eat our lunch, and then I would go out again and play with, you know, my friends in that neighborhood all the way until dinner time. And then nobody was like calling us to go home. Essentially, our friends had to go home one by one, whereas me and my sister were just like, Oh, well, no one's looking for us, so we can just play however long we want. Um, so, yeah, it was really weird. Um, and I continued playing the piano until I was 12. And so basically at the time I like graduated from elementary school and then I thought, I'm so sick of playing piano. I just want to quit. And so I told my mom about it. She let me quit the piano. And then now in retrospect, I wish she had told me to just continue playing piano. Like you said that I, I have the same regrets. Like, why did I just continue? It's so good for me. Like I would have had some math skills by now, but now I don't, <laughs> you know? <laughs> we could have been doing a piano duet right now. I know. So they were pretty lax on you, it sounds like, like mine. 
Yeah, I think my parents in general, if I were to like summarize it, they're they're kind of like they're very much the opposite of one another. They always send us mm. mixed messages, and so that's why I'm kind of messed up today. But at the same, mm. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, but you know, have you told your mom this or your parents no. this? No, even if just listening to this, I don't think she will understand it. But um, yeah, my mom is always the strict parent, um, and then my dad is just whatever you want to do, you can do it. You know. So, okay, I I think compared to both of you, I had a more typical uh, Asian upbringing. Um, I don't not that my parents were super strict, but they had uh, they did value my education a lot. So we moved to a different town because it was a better school district. Um, my 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 grandfather, my paternal grandfather, was a university uh, lecturer or or, uh, or university university professor. So. He like very well, very well, well spoken, uh, well read, and everything. So he like he basically instilled that into my parents to like, hey, make sure that my grandson has a good education. Like, be strict with him on that. Um, so I think up until middle school, I was a pretty good student. Um, I remember, I remember my the summer leading into third grade. Um, in the summers, I usually go back to go to China with my mom to see my grandparents, and then. So leading into third grade is when you start learning multiple multiplication, and so that summer, my mom was drilling the multiplication tables into me. It was like memorizing, you know, like up until the nines, and then that was one of the worst things ever. I'm like, why am I doing this? None of my <laughs> peers are doing this. Can I just can't I just be like like the rest of them?、Um, there was a lot of crying. And <laughs> on your、typical. part, or on or your mom's part, oh, or, oh, or both? Oh, oh, on my part for sure. I remember I had a, I had a lot of trouble with the sixes table, and then we were playing、um, a card game, big two, and then whoever lost had to recite the sixes table. And for whatever reason, like playing with my mom and my grandmother, I kept losing. I lost so many times. I had to recite it so many times. I started crying. I just like stopped、oh、playing the game. Oh my gosh. But like、oh、leading into leading into third grade, I was like, I was that was something that was drilled into me, so I was fully prepared for like when we started doing multiplication. And I remember I was actually quite competitive. I was like competing with like two like like the other Asian students in in the class, and I was always like top two basically.、Um, and then it was up until like middle school is when I when I kind of dipped out of dipped out academically,、um, and and I think my mom slowly gave up on. Gave up, and then she was just like, "Ah, you know, we'll see where he gets, and then we'll I'll accept it." So that's slightly slightly different. But I also I also、um, I also took piano too for for a year.、Um, I although I became like really sick, and then I I had to quit. But it was it like looking back, it is something I wish I kept up as well,、um, because just just to have some way to express yourself musically, right? Um, however, one thing I did keep up was Chinese school, and it、mm. really sucked because when I first learned Chinese in Chinese school, is、um, I learned traditional、um, Chinese writing, and traditional Chinese writing has a lot more strokes. And imagine、mm. that I、uh, I had to like practice writing all the characters like hundreds and thousands of times, or, like in those grid sheets of paper. It was the worst thing ever. And then also, it took up your Saturday mornings. Saturday mornings were like very sacred, right? Like that was the time you wake up to watch cartoons and whatnot, especially at least for American kids, right? And then it was also the worst thing ever. And then later on, it switched to Friday Friday evenings. I mean, Friday evenings were also a terrible time to take up if you're 
if you're like in middle school or high school, like that's time to hang out with your friends. Right. Um, but, but anyway, I'm, I'm actually glad I persevered and I graduated from it. Um, and, uh, it's like one of the, it's one of the rare things that I have as an Asian American, like Asian or like a Chinese as an ABC, Mm -hmm. uh, to like, to be able to read and write. And that's kind of rare these days. Um, but yeah, that was one of the few things I was glad that I persevered in. So I think one of the things that we see across the board and, you know, my parents too, they made me go to after school, like Saturday Chinese school. Uh, they, you know, I had to do Kumon. Oh my, oh my God. God. Kumon. Oh my God. Um, PTSD. Can we list all the after school programs? <laughs> wait, wait, we had I have to go? a, I have a Kumon story. So <laughs> I hated Kumon so much back in the day. And then this is when my, this is, I used to be, I mean, Kumon is like very rote, rote memory stuff. Right. And I used to be pretty good at it. And then, Towards when I started slacking in school, I also I was I was still attending Kumon, and then you know how you get those those packets of like sheets, right? Mm-hmm. So like I would always I would try to rip off some sheet and like hide it or like hide books. Oh my! God. <laughs> and then and then just like do less of it, right? It's like you know it's like twenty percent less. And then um, so like to this day, if, when I go home, if I'm flipping through like random books at home or like crevices i'll find kumon sheets it's hilarious oh that's hilarious <laughs> it's still there oh my gosh oh yeah. my god so yeah kumon piano lessons uh what what else swimming lesson oh swimming too yeah like swimming math, also sucks. like after school math yeah, um, yeah. I, I think one thing that asian parents they 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 have a lot of fear they fear that if you go out once with your friend instead of doing extracurricular work it's like you're going to be ruined for life. And that's just not true. Mm-hmm. It's a fear of falling behind. Yeah, it's because, and I, and I looking back, I understand why, because my parents came from the cultural revolution. So for them, again, freedom, freedom of speech, freedom of belief is the number one thing, because why? That was taken away from you during the cultural revolution and in the late 80s when, the, you know, because my parents were students. So they were part of the student movement and, and their friends were killed in Tiananmen Square in 1989. Tanks ran over them. My, oh my parents, God. luckily, yeah. uh, they watched it on TV. Luckily, they were able to escape in 1988. Otherwise, my parents would be dead probably because they, they would have went to Beijing and you know, they would have protested for their own freedom. Wow. So, so to them, that was, that was extremely important. Um, you said it so lightheartedly though, Dan, the oh, fact you that, you know, yeah. oh, oh, you know, it's a good <laughs> thing they got out in 1988 or otherwise they would have be, been gone by now. I'm just like, that's some crazy tangent, and I feel like we should get into that later. <laughs> like, can we put a pin on it and then talk sure. about it after? Um. Sure. Yeah. But you know, so so I think uh, a lot of a lot of that fear for Chinese parents stems from um, my my kids won't have a bright future because look how hard we had to struggle. We had no freedom, but they forget, dude. Freedom is the only thing we have in America. Even to this day, we have freedom, and people are protesting about not having freedom. Mm-hmm. Anyways, that's a whole nother side note, right? That's a, that's a whole nother tangent. Um, but I think it's, you know, what's interesting though, because I obviously didn't grow up in the States, right? I grew up in Indonesia, but at the same time, um, I see some parallels between uh, the two styles of parenting in that um, we are also kind of immigrant, even though we were, you know, we're, we were all born in Indonesia. Even my parents were born in Indonesia, but at the same time, we're also, you know, as Chinese Indonesians, we're a minority, right? And so in that sense, uh, there is some sort of like a survival mode um, that just turns on when you're in that situation. And so um, I think 
in their defense, I'm just thinking about this from from their shoes. They they just want to make sure that you as their child succeed in life, right? And so they have that singular goal of like making sure that you can survive in society. And they're doing that by just like, you know, telling them or telling you guys to do these things the only way they know how. Mm-hmm. Right. Yep. Right. So that's just my take on it. But yeah. I mean, it, it kind of makes sense because our, our parents came from like, at, at least for China, like you have to test to get into middle school, like your testing scores determine where you go for middle school, where you go for high school and then college. Like to them, college doesn't really matter. College is kind of a joke. It's like, but where like your middle school and your high school, that's like, those are like, it's like the peak pressure times for, for students. Right. And, and so for, so for our parents, it's like, that's kind of how they know it's like to advance in to make advancements in society. Right. So it's like, if you're, if you're sucking in math, it's like, that's, that's kind of all you got or to some degree. Right. My parents were funny. Cause like Thomas, you mentioned they, they moved they moved so that you could go to the best schools when you were an adolescent. Yeah. My parents did that too. So they would take me out like mid. So like I went to two different schools in fourth Wait, grade within like the same year for half the year. Yeah, so like first half, I went to one, and they were like, nah, I think the other one is better. So we, <laughs> they took me out. This is in California. This is in uh, LA. And they took me, and then we like moved down the street or something to the, this other district. And then the second half of fourth grade, I was actually really sad because <laughs> I made a lot of friends <laughs> in fourth grade. I had this huge crush on this girl in fourth grade. Oh, oh we know that's oh, the real reason. Oh, my God, dude. And I, I'm telling you this right now. I think she liked me, too. <laughs> Wait, the fact that you're still thinking about this. Is there a way I'm for just, us to prove this? No, but I'll tell Can you what. Can we track though. her down? No, but I'll, I'll give you an example. I was the only male kid at her birthday party that was all full of girls. So some people how might say friend get, zone. How did listen, you get invited? <laughs> listen, some might say I was friend zoned, but I think there was more. Wait, anyway, what grade was this? There's what always two sides to I was nine. Story. There was fourth grade. Oh Sorry. Thir- no, it was third grade. Third grade. And then, uh, and then, and then fourth grade, I, I got taken out, went to a different school and then fifth grade, I went to a different school. So I went to like all these different schools, but the anyway, idea, so my parents, yeah. The idea that you, um, you can only go to schools if you live in that zip code or in that area mm. is still something that's so foreign to me because interesting, we don't have that over there. You mm. can go to any school you want, regardless of where you live. Yeah. Um, oh, property for public school, property taxes pay for the schooling. Yeah, that's why. Yeah. yeah, 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 and that's like yeah. a whole nother social economic whatever. <laughs> that's a whole nother can of yeah. worms that we're not going to get into. Oh, yeah. like my parents were, I think moving for uh, like moving for a better district is is pretty common among, like at least for Chinese parents. There's there's a that um that proverb uh uh like about Mencius Mengzi like Mencius's mom moved like. 3,000, uh, the, the phrase is and it, it, it means like Manchester's mom moved like 3,000 like kilometers or miles or whatever units they used um, to, to make sure that Manchus had a, a good education. Like that's how much she emphasized it for, for and him. And look at where Manchus ended up. Yeah, exactly. One of the greats. <laughs> so my parents moved one time, but then the, in sixth grade, my school was on the other side of town. Like I'm talking about like, miles away and normally they drive me to school but we're already in boston so they're like yo dan you could take the bus then walk another 15 minutes yourself 
And I was like, wait, minutes. wait, hold on a second. <laughs> they're like, no big deal. <laughs> yeah, they're like NBD. It's a better school. I'm like, all right. So that's where I'm like, yo, you guys are really weird because I know, I know you did it for me, but it took me like a straight up hour to get to school in the morning by myself. Like I had to, it was like a journey every morning. So I'm like, I know you're doing this for me, but it somehow doesn't feel like it. Maybe you're built character, character though. So, <laughs> that's go. a weird, funny story. What, what, um, what other things do you guys feel like they, they did, you know, well, turned out well for you guys when you were little? Um, to me, like parents, my parents have their own problems. And I think, you know, that's, standard right for every family like we all have our own sets of problems but regardless of those problems like i could see basically the extent they will go in order to make sure that their kid has like great education um that we're essentially prepared for life after school so i think you know despite the circumstances and we went through some rough patches in life as a family um, they still tried like really hard to make sure that we get great education and that including um, sending us to the States and, and it's not cheap, right? It's expensive. And we had some financial difficulty at the time. And so I don't even know, to be honest, how we went through that time, but we did it. So in that sense, I have to give credit to my parents for, for, for being able to, or at least also being brave enough to, to do that. Yeah, that's incredible. Um, yeah, like, yeah, my, my parents definitely had their, had their issues too. Um, and then part of it was, uh, you, you know, you know the, the, the stereotype or not stereotype, but like the trope of like uh, Asian kids in a restaurant because they're the parents run the restaurant and then that's also where the kid goes, right? Um, my parents had something similar where they really, they ran a, so they didn't have a restaurant. They ran a business of um, selling roasted chestnuts. And that's like a, that's like a common street snack in, in like Tianjin, China, right? And uh, so they brought it over here and they started doing that. And then, so basically my, my days, my weekends were spent, my weekends and holidays, sorry, my weekends and holidays were spent like at the, like whether it's at the stand at different stores or, or like at our chestnut roasting uh, site. It was, it was extremely miserable. I hate chestnuts to this day. Wait, wait, wait. So <laughs> that was their main business or that was yeah. a side hustle? No, that was, so that was their main thing. That was their main so thing. they both are you whoa so like they would go to work every day making chestnuts yeah and then oh, and then they took you with you. them yeah yeah i mean i mean i had to go with i had to go with them up, up until i was in middle school and then so being able to stay by stay home by myself was one of the greatest things like they didn't let me stay home until i was in i think seventh grade man i that's a different experience because that's like uh, i know a lot of kids too that had to kind of be a part of their family business because that's what you did to survive, you know, and, and it's tough, man. It's tough growing up in that environment because how can you even blame your parents? Like mm -hmm. you, they, this is what I'm saying. Like when we look back um, and, and we see what they did, what they did, sometimes a lot of times it's the necessity, yeah. you know, they're not going to let you just, they, or they didn't have the money to say, send you to after, a lot of after school programs maybe, mm -hmm. or maybe yep. like send you off to camp for months on, you know, on end, yep. you know what I mean? So a lot, a lot of the privileges that, um, a lot of the things that maybe our friends were able to do. And then we see that as like, Oh, you didn't let me do this and that. Yeah. Okay. But like they couldn't, yep. yeah. you know, yeah, so remember, that, that's kind of what, you know, I remember growing up, I was a little, little resentful because like anytime it was, 
you know, holiday season, that was like peak sales for them. Right. So we couldn't go anywhere during, during holidays and I, and, and like, or even casual things on weekends, like couldn't go anywhere. Mm. Yeah. You know, the greatest, I always, I always say this, the, the greatest gift you can give to your kid, regardless of what nationality, ethnicity is time. Mm-hmm. This That's it literally just time. And you I'm telling you, like, it's something that's so simple, but are especially like, I feel like Asian parents, and this is, again, this is not their fault because they're like, listen, I just worked a 14 hour day to make sure that you, you could live in America and have lights over your, your roof and for, you know what I mean? And I'm doing this you for you roof over your head, roof over your head, lights in your house, dude, I'm coming up with the weirdest windows on the, I'm Eagle on the house. Yeah. Um, and the thing is, sometimes like all you want is just your parents to come home and spend time with you. That's it. Yeah. You're, you're yeah. like, okay, I get that. Thanks, dad. But that doesn't give you the excuse not to talk to me or only or only do what you want because you put a roof over my head. Yeah. You know, and, and it's, it's kind of weird to say, but it's not their fault. But at the same time, they, you know, they do kind of got to realize that parenting is more, is, a, is more. That's why it's hard to be a parent because you're expected it's to so be so hard to be a parent. I think because now we like none of us are parents, but theoretically, I think we have a better understanding of what it takes to be a parent, right? Yeah. And um, not only do you have to support them, obviously, financially, because having kids is freaking expensive, um, but also at the same time, now, um, parents need to take care of their kids like mental health or like you know make sure that they grow up to be a decent human being right yeah Mm -hmm. yeah their development you have to teach them i don't know like not only like school or classes like those formal subjects but also at the same time you need to teach them all these like values that you want to instill in them so it's so crazy and on top of that here you have to take care of your household you know do chores because they don't just resolve themselves but like there's a ton of things that parents need to deal with and that's why i'm not one <laughs> me neither <laughs> i second that <laughs> i mean uh, i i kind of wonder if it's I, I mean some of it has to do with um like your parents upbringing as well mm-hmm. and then at least for my mom i can imagine where she was the youngest of four, youngest and only girl of four kids, three brothers. And then also she grew up during the cultural revolution. She got sent to the fields and everything. Wow. Uh, yeah. And so it's like, I can imagine where she might not know fully like how to bond, but I, you know, yeah. I mean, given, given circumstances, I think she did, she did fine. Or did exactly. Great. Yeah. And, and then and that's still fresh, right? Like our, we're in our thirties and our parents were the generation, same as my parents, like my mom's brothers and sisters got sent to the fields. And for those of you guys that are listening, that have no idea what we're talking about. This is some, yeah, can like, you please expand? Because this is I'm like, I, there's, it's nothing that I can explain in one in a few sentences. Cause the atrocity that happened during the cultural revolution, there's been, you know, like compendiums published on that. Right. Like basically the, the, the amount of poverty and oppression during that time. That's why, people kill themselves because it was easier to, to die than to live under this, this sort of like um, oppressive life where you're forced to go to the yeah, fields the, and work. The, TL, the, uh, the TLDR. Yeah. The TLDR is that 
or the, the, the shorthand version is like, basically, if you had any sense of wealth, you were considered the bourgeois class. And then you were meaning that you were, you were bad. And then so you got sent to the fields. I've only heard stories about this from my family. And I think family from my dad's side, um, I think they came from like a landlord family. And that's also considered bad, right? Because oh, yeah. you yep. have assets, yep. right? And so I think, right. I don't know if somebody like, I always get this mixed up, but I think somebody there just decided like, I'm, I want to escape this. So that's why they escaped cultural revolution. And right. so I didn't really hear you know, stories of them directly involved in it because they, they, they kind of like, you know, they got out. Yeah. What you were saying, Thomas, is that like, I mean, what I was saying, echoing you, it's like our parents came from that era. So it is so fresh still. I mean, we're talking about mm -hmm. the 1960, uh, I don't know, 69 to 79, I think mm -hmm. like just mm -hmm. during those 10 years. Right. That's not that much. That's not that long ago, mm -hmm. you know? And so when we look back, this is literally the generation in front of us yeah. and they they went through the toughest of toughest times and we're they're still they lived to i think they all did pretty good you know given the circumstance right yeah um but i think that's the luxury we have right now which is to look back on it and say you know what hey no, props to my folks but i think you know if if they could do it again you know if i could tell them hey just uh talk to me a little more, you know, or, you know, do this like this or do this like this. It could have, we could have had an even better relationship. Yeah. You know, we could have, we could have had um, better memories together, you know, cause yeah. who wouldn't want that? Yeah. I, I, yeah. I, I just remember like reading, reading um, things from other, other kids, especially like those who were under high expectations from their parents of like, you know, like the amount of studying or the amount of like after school activities they had to do just to, just so that, you know, to get them into like an Ivy League school or something like their parents right. had the best intentions, but the child was miserable. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then I just remember, yeah. I remember reading ones where like the kid got into like several Ivy Leagues and, and then it was like, that's it. That's all you wanted. Right. I got in. Or, or was it, he either got in, or he or she either got in or graduated from it. It's like, that's it. Like, I want, I, I did what you asked me to. I want nothing else to do with you anymore. Like, Isn't, growing up was sad. miserable. Yeah, exactly. That's sad. Because you're in your 20s. So one thing is, you know, my, my parents were very hands-on in a good way in, in middle school. So they, they let me do all these activities. It, it helped me a lot because my grades were okay. They were, they were like, it was like low 90s, high 80s. You know, it wasn't like 99.9. You know, I wasn't like the valedictorian, but I had so many extracurricular curricular activities, which really helped. Right. Um, but then when I got to college, so one thing I, I, I really I'm glad my parents did was they waited till I was 18 to get divorced. And I didn't find out this from my mom until later. They so, waited. Yeah. So my mom and I had a really good open relationship where we talked to each other. As I got older, she was super open about why the marriage didn't work out mm. and i think because she was my mom because like going back to what you were saying thomas sorry mia where your dad was very is he he seemed like the typical like stoic i cannot show weakness nothing bad happens to my family kind of kind of father which is you know that's fine but for my mom she, you know t talking about the her her failed marriage was great because it we bonded you know because i wanted to no, what happened? Like, what happened? I'm an adult. You can tell me. You don't have mm -hmm. to shield me from it. And so she told me. She would tell me. But then also she would tell me the great things when they first got together. So this is this is conversations that 
a lot of Asian kids or even not Asian kids are like, you had, you had, you, I talked to my mom about, I was like, well, how did you and your dad meet? I mean, my, my dad meet and she would tell me everything, you know, uh, how he pursued her. So I got this great romantic picture of their life. And then later on it, it was demystified, but I felt like, okay, this is real life. I felt like you saw me, you didn't see me as somebody like a small little lamb. Like you could talk to me, we could communicate yeah. and, and our relationship became stronger. Mm-hmm. You yeah. know, so I think the openness, like willing to talk about things with your kids, it's really important. Yeah. And I think it's one of the things that I see a difference, at least between, let's say, Western and Asian parents, where Western parents, you like you, you see their kids eventually become friends with their parents in, mm-hmm. in a lot of cases, like, you know, like the, the stereotypical, like sharing your beer with your parents or something like that. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but for Asian parents, there's that doesn't exist mostly it's there's always that bit of that hierarchical i'm your parent respect me i'm your elder mm-hmm. etc yeah like mm-hmm. kind of like confucius values right? right um and then but yeah like thankfully at least for me like my mom saw me as an equal like gradually saw me as an adult as an equal and then she could be more open with me as well right. rather than just say i'm your mother you have to do what i say I think I think you um, are inevitably in that position until you can earn that respect from your parents. So it goes both ways, I think, you know, oh, in my sure. opinion. Point. So it's not just like, I see the argument for both styles of parenting. Mm-hmm. I think just too much of one thing can't never be good. Mm-hmm. Um, and so if I, I see the necessity of like kind of establishing the fact that you are the parent and they're the kid. And so, you know, of course, when they're young, they have to listen to you, right? And so, mm-hmm. yeah. but once you prove yourself to be a responsible adult, that's when they can start treating you as one. Dude, that's a great point. Because, <laughs> yeah, I, I you got to earn it. Parent. Yeah, I, until <laughs> me too. I'm like, until yeah, me I too. actually become one. <laughs> and it's like, oh no, yeah. <laughs> what, what happened? This sucks. Wait, wait did, you, did you guys get beat as children? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Should, should we Heck talk yeah. about that? No. Okay. So I think it depends on the child. This is why I, I'm telling you guys, I think you, this is, you know, you can earn your parents' respect once you prove yourself. Um, and then so when I was a kid, like me and my sister, we were only two years apart. Um, I was a pretty good student. I was like, I demanded a lot out of myself too, right? So I was like, in elementary school, I was usually in the top three. Um as I got older, <laughs> it became worse. But like I was like, I used to beat myself up for like not having a good grade. So my Dang. parents don't do, have to do it for me. Um, but then my sister, this is a time to throw her under the bus again. <laughs> she did not like studying and she hate math essentially. And so every time uh, my mom was trying to teach her math, um, she got... I don't think she got the stick, but I think she just got like the palm tree oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> to the thigh thing. And so like she she did that to her, but not to me. <laughs> so I think it depends on the child. Thomas, you get what what was the worst beating you got? Um, I think having heard other stories, I don't think I got hit pretty hard at like beat like comparatively. Because um, after a while, it was just my mom. Uh, disciplining me and then she would pinch me but then eventually I developed well I developed um calluses like, <laughs> no like well like <laughs> it developed like higher pain tolerance basically so it took more effort for her to to like <laughs> like hitting like her hitting me was gonna harm her more somehow than than me 
And then like it, it eventually like she just resorted to pinching and eventually that took too much effort without with very little return. So it just stopped. Yeah, my, my dad. So my dad, you know, he would hit me pretty hard. Uh, open hand to the face. You know, I'd get I get roughed up. Oh, wow. I get roughed oh, up. Yeah. Dang. My mom would. Uh, but the, but, you know, it, it was fine. It was good for me because I was, you know, it was I good was a, for me. <laughs> I was a I was a brat. Said no child you know, ever. OK. I, I mean, I, I, they, they loved me. We had a great time, but I was, I was also a handful. So I needed to be disciplined. You know, my mom would use, I remember the worst beating I got from her was she, uh, she took the back of a wooden comb. So basically like a piece oh. of plank, right? And, oh my, and, oh my gosh, it hurt <laughs> on my, like bent me over and was like, I'm doing this for your own good. <laughs> you know tears i got tears everywhere and then my dad you know he would just like try to you know he'd do like a karate slap to my oh, you man. know to my head oh. until oh, until i got God. until i got um old enough and i just started blocking it i was like 12 i like hit puberty <laughs> and realized that i was actually stronger than my dad <laughs> you know I was like, Whoosh. and then you know I, I didn't hit back but it was like okay i could defend myself now so then he was like all right I, this is not gonna work i mean I, you know i appreciate those war stories right i mean i really i'm not making look if you were actually if you were I, in my mind i wasn't abused i was disciplined if you were abused no way am i saying that that's acceptable oh, yeah, i don't of think course. parents of course. should physically or mentally abuse their kids right mm -hmm. so uh, the way i'm speaking of it because i wasn't abused so i i look back and i i'm like you know what that's it's not like they did it all the time but when i deserved it they gave it to me i remember hearing stories or like seeing memes of like you know i, I never got hit by like a belt or a feather duster or slippers or anything like no physical object like uh, the one I remember most was like, I think I was misbehaving during dinner once. And then my dad just told me to stand facing the wall for, for like, <laughs> oh, for yeah, like, you got five, it easy. like 10 minutes or something. Yeah. I, yeah. Well, I mean, in retrospect, I got it. I got it pretty easy. And then the worst time was like, I've only been slapped in the face once by my mom. And then I think I did something that like thoroughly disappointed her or something like that. But other mm -hmm. than that, it was like comparatively to what I've heard, it was like very light discipline. Mm -hmm. yeah so i don't know i don't know what 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 my uh where i draw the line i mean i could just tell you right now i don't i'm not gonna hit my kid that's me saying that right now um <laughs> so i'm gonna try everything to not get to the point where i'm gonna have to make a decision like do i hit him because he deserves it okay can <laughs> you, know? you and can can you and ye like have a baby because I'll I tell you see right now, if that I'll tell child, you right now, <laughs> if that child is anything like you, Dan, it'll be so interesting. But you know what? I think ye will be a scary mom. So I, I think, think so, that, too. I think she'll be like it, she will scare the crap out of our kids. So I'm not worried. I'm not worried at all. But then if that like kid you. is like you, like that kid will be fearless. I know. That's why I'm like, and you know what? Sometimes you just got to let them get hurt and do, you know, let them. <laughs> Let them like go Sometimes run into Sometimes you just gotta wall. let them get hurt. Yeah, Dan let them. They think, they think that they're so invincible. Okay, go outside, go fall down. You know, like come back crying. Okay, see, I told you. I mean, whatever. <laughs> and that's how they learn. <laughs> yeah, that's how they learn exactly. Um, what? Well, anything else? Anything? Anything that you guys feel that you that was negative? Okay, so for me, the negative is I. I think I've mentioned this to you, um, before. Uh, I know that a lot of kids, like what you were just telling me also is that you were basically complaining about how, you know, they push you guys so hard. But for me, my problem was the opposite. I feel like I didn't get pushed enough. 
um, like when I was basically in middle school and high school or even in college, they just kind of let us do whatever we want to do, which is, you know, which sounds great. But also at the same time, now that I'm looking back, um, if I don't know if they demanded more out of me, I could have become like a better person. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So in, in that sense, like I think in this situation, there's no right or wrong. I just don't think that they can satisfy you. Like parents cannot satisfy you no matter what they do. And so it's really interesting to see because my experience is kind of the opposite in that I wish my parents could have pushed me a little bit more <laughs> when I was young. Yeah. What about you, oh, Thomas? I, uh, I think for me, I don't think, I don't think my parents, I don't think it would matter if my mom, like I wish I persevered in certain things like, uh, like piano or or whatever else, right? Um, or picked up more uh, more skills, but I don't think anything my mom could have done would have changed. I was very stubborn, like you know, I was hiding kumon cheats and everything, right? I was like very <laughs> rebelling in that aspect. Um, so I mean, I, I I think, yeah, I wish I I wish I tried harder, but I don't think, at least for me, I don't think it was anything that my parents could have done. In retrospect, I really appreciate. Um, Kind of the stuff that my my parents did push me through like like taking swim lessons and everything like i'm mm. a i'm i know i won't drown in water at least um stuff like that um mm -hmm. like i i do wish that they had pushed me to do sports or something i mm. um or they might have been a little too you know hands off um mm. but yeah i don't think i don't think amount of like any amount of pressure from them would have changed given how i turned out in like academically and all that and that's why it's, I, and I think it's important to start looking back and start planning for the future with our generation because we're such a unique generation in that we don't have uh, multi general generational history in the United States. And what I what I mean by that is, you know, like let's say I take some of my closest friends that aren't Chinese, right? They've been in America for a long time. They could trace their lineage back to you know when they first immigrated here, and there's a lot of traditions in that family. And it helps each generation. But for us, it's like we're we're the first. This is like a new frontier. We're responsible for the next generation. So that's why I actually take this really seriously. And even to the point where I'm like, you know, how can I train myself to prepare myself to be a to be a parent? Because to me, we're kind of fighting an uphill battle, right? So I think it's it's good to start thinking about the future and how we can become a really good example for our kids because it it is it starts with us, you know? I also don't think that you cannot prepare yourself to become a parent. Like you cannot really train, like what are you going to do? Get a dog? But that's still different. <laughs> no, I don't mean that. I mean, psychological warfare. <laughs> okay. Okay. What I mean is like, um, okay. So I've been thinking, okay, this could be a different Get topic. a bunny, but you already have one. Uh, no, I mean like, um, I uh, like like preparing for different scenarios. Yeah, I mean, I know this I, sounds you can, weird. You but can run through all yeah. these different scenarios in your head and think like, if I was in this situation, this is what I would do. Right. Um, all that's gonna go out the window once you actually have a kid. Right. Uh, and so, like, like my my biggest fear is when I have a daughter, and I know this is coming when she's when she. <laughs> dates the first boy Damn. i don't know what i this is my most this is, i'm like oh my god now here's the thing if i don't let her go on a date she's gonna rebel and then you know bad things are gonna happen but then if i do what this is she's like, gonna do this and then bad things are oh gonna happen goodness. no matter oh what bad god. things are gonna happen. 
<laughs> I'm like terrified, you know, I'm like, I don't want to be that Asian parent, but again, I don't, don't want to just let her do whatever, you know, so I'm, I'm like, this is why eventually cow. we're all going to turn into our parents. Like, I truly believe that. Mm. Cause yeah. like when you were young, you cannot see things from their perspective, obviously. And then as parents, you know, kids don't come with a manual, you know, so <laughs> there's, right. they're also, you know, they're first time parents if you're first born. And so they're just also trying to figure things out. And I, I think you don't have an appreciation 100% for your parents until you have kids, for just sure. like exactly what you said. So when you have that, then you're then you can say, wow, OK, it's hard. Thanks, mom and dad. I see how <laughs> tough it is now. Yeah. Mia, do you have a different sense after seeing your sister raise her kid? That's where I get my wealth of knowledge from because <laughs> <laughs> i'm just looking at her like man you you're trying she's trying her best to um take care of her daughter um both from like financial standpoint from like mm. like the things that i mentioned to you guys earlier and that's why i know that it's hella hard mm. to become a good parent and like what is the definition of a good parent right it's just also like constantly beating herself up i'm like am i doing enough for my kid you know mm -hmm. and so i think that's always in the back of your head if you're a parent and so just right. try to cut them some slack here guys <laughs> seriously seriously yeah I, I think i think a lot of asian parents have at least for immigrant immigrant parents have that financial wealth as like mm. as a metric of success mm. mm -hmm. and then i remember hearing my my dad's cousin um he he was like uh, he was like like he didn't he didn't emphasize as much on his like his uh his kids uh education like he still cared but he prioritized their happiness first because mm. he was like oh like from from whatever studies i've seen um like the just the the difference in like wealth is not that much as long as your kids are happy like growing up like you want to make mm -hmm. sure that they grow on the, on the right path but like that difference of like studying like five hours every night may not make a difference versus like two hours or something like that mm-hmm and I was like, wow, that's, and this is, this is like 15 years ago. So this was like mind blowing for me to hear like my, my dad's cousin raising his kids like that. Right. Right. Yeah. And also I think, um, that that's a huge thing for a lot of Asian parents, which is, you know, seeing what the priorities are and not necessarily, you know, making sure your kid, you know, money is number one. Or you know, a lot of times it's more like, I just want to make sure they succeed quote unquote. And they yeah. think that success brings happiness, but we all yeah. know that's not true. And yeah, we all know success, success is yeah. And what's the definition of success, you know? Yeah. yeah. And, so. and again, I think that ties back to coming from uh, like growing up in China or some like Asian country, right. Where it's like su success is very like definition of success is very narrowly measured. It's like what, what rank you are in school and uh, like how much money you make and things like that. And like, it's, it's like, like in school, you, you're like the, you're like the shit if you are like top ranking in school. Right. Right. Like people actually give you more respect versus like when you're like, you know, you score less. There's, there's no, there's less of a world where it's like, oh, you, your, your grades are average, but you're really fun to hang with. It's like, I, I think there's less of that compared to, yeah. compared to here. Where it's, it's less tangible. Least, yeah. Mm. Like, like in the, at least in the U S there's like multiple avenues of success basically right like we're right. seeing a whole generation of youtube stars and everything and uh, it's like they just there's just more ways to become to express yourself and to become mm -hmm. successful and not just in the traditional sense of like getting good grades going to the good a good school and then getting a good job right right values too you know like you got to teach your kids about values and what it is yeah. to be and that's even harder to you know? teach 
Oh How my. do you teach that? I don't oh know. God, I don't even know. <laughs> I mean, I know what my values are, but how do you impart that to your kids? Right. So, yeah. uh. so we we're faced. It's almost like because we're not fighting for our lives here. For you know, we're not fighting to put food on the table. It's almost like we now have other challenges, which is you know these uh, these other things, which is like you want it. You want your kids to turn out really well mm-hmm. and happy, and you see how crazy the world is and how easy mm-hmm. it is to to, you know, get sucked up in things, you know? So the, the new generation has, has, you know, we have our work cut, cut out for us, mm-hmm. but it's always good. It's always good to look back and see, you know, where we could improve on and what things, and there's a lot of things that I'm going to take from my parents that I'm going to implement as well. You know, like one of the things is, is teaching me to be a good person from day one. So whether it was mm-hmm. my grandparents or my parents, they, this is what I remember. So when I came over, they weren't, authoritative because they couldn't really be because they're like we haven't seen him for like six years since he was born but just like you're your parents my grandparents was like they wouldn't get mad if i you know was mischievous but they would get mad if i didn't have good manners Mm -hmm. so if i didn't say thank you if i rushed it if i took the first bite of food um if i wasn't courteous then they would get mad and Mm -hmm. those are those are one of their important values and my parents too they'd be like uh, you know, when you, when you eat, you should look, you should be, you know, you should have good posture, uh, have good manners, greet mm-hmm. everyone. And that stuck with me for my whole life. And one of the things that people say when they meet me is like, you're really polite. And actually, because people aren't polite anymore, they think that I'm, I'm acting and I'm like, no, I'm sorry. I was raised really well. <laughs> I was raised like a good Southern kid. You know, that's how I was raised. Like, thank you, sir, ma'am. I don't care who yeah. you are, how old you are. I'm greeting you with with respect when I first meet you. So I think mm-hmm. values is, is going to be things that I took from my parents to try to teach my kids. Yeah. And then when I was a kid, I actually hated it when my parents were trying to teach me that. Cause like mm. we would go to a relative's house and then they'll be like, Oh, you know, you need to greet them because they're like older than me. Right. So we have to show respect and then greet them. And I'm just like, Ugh. and then if I don't do that, mm-hmm. my parents will say like, Oh, <laughs> what is it in China? It's like mao, and yeah, I would yeah, yeah. hate it so much yeah. if like I hear that word. So I'm just like, uh. But then like now, looking back, like I want to make sure that if I had a kid, I would like to make sure that my kids had manner too, because yeah. that's super important. That's like that's something invaluable that they cannot like th- these things are not taught in school, right? right? So it's up to the parents to teach them. Yeah, I remember I had to do that too, and then I got super. I got really annoyed when I basically didn't get credit for it. like I was about to greet the auntie or uncle and then my mom was like <laughs> greet auntie and uncle I'm like I was about to and then another and then my mom will still actually still do that to me she'll be like hey greet auntie and uncle I'm like mother I am 30 I know to do this already <laughs> wait but why didn't you do it I was about why didn't to you do I was, it fast oh, enough I was about <laughs> to get to it you just didn't do You're it too fast slow. enough <laughs> yeah so this is what I'm talking about psychological warfare because now I'm like we, I need to have my kids have good manners. I just don't know how to get it out of them because you know what doesn't work? The Chinese way, which is like scolding. So, I'm, yes. so now I'm thinking, okay, how do I trick them? How do I manipulate their tiny little brains to do what I want? Because they need, you know, I don't know. This is why I think about have it. You, have you heard of Pavlov? Pa- <laughs> Pavlov, isn't that a law? No, no, no. He, he, uh, he conditioned dogs to... 
to oh, come. Oh, Pavlov. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. With, a, with a bell and food, associated bell ring with food. Oh. So every time he rang the bell, the dogs would come to eat. L- listen, I was just, when I was saying that, I was thinking what ploys I can use, like re- rewards and all that to get my kids to do these things. I'm not beneath that. I'm going to trick them. <laughs> you know, I, like I'll give them a treat if they I'm not saying you're wrong. Uncle. You need to do yeah. that. Yeah. I mean, this is just how I think I, I can do it without yelling and scolding at them because those don't actually work. Those methods don't like knowing growing up. I'm like just berating your kids because they didn't do something doesn't work. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Definitely. I feel like you, you need to try all kinds of tricks. Like you need to have all the tricks in the book to teach your kids. I don't think one trick will do it. Right. That's oh, what I'm talking sure. about. I'm, I'm, I got to start learning now because I'm terrified. <laughs> so I hope that you enjoyed today's episode. We will see you next time. Talk to you guys soon. Bye. Bye. Bye.